What's good, everybody? Noah Alvarez here with another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. Want to thank everybody that's listening right now, whether you're a day one listener or you're relatively new to the show. Welcome. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, both young and old. Uh, as we do on every podcast, I do want to thank Generic Sports for producing the instrumental playing in the background. You can check out more of his work at soundcloud.com slash generic sports. And if you're in the market for beats, be sure to go check out his band camp. If you're looking to rhyme over some funky beats, you can definitely do that. Hit him up. Generic sports. No tricky spelling, just as is. And also shout out to Vince Correa for producing or designing the My Mike and I logo that you're seeing in your screen. He also helps a ton with the My Mike and I Instagram page. If you're not already following that and you're on Instagram platform, I, I don't know what you're doing. You got to go follow it at my period mike and period i have a lot of fun too with the synopsis videos i'm trying to become one of the most fun podcast instagram pages uh to follow on instagram so hope you guys are you know continue to give me feedback whether you like the videos if you want to see me doing something even a little bit more wackier that'd be all great you just you know feel free to shoot me a dm on that instagram page also did want to remind you guys that we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And we're also making the jump over to YouTube as well. So if you are relatively new to the show, I am making the jump with adding some video to a lot of these episodes. So be sure to go follow Noah Alvarez on YouTube.com. I only have two videos up right now. One of them is my personal demo reel for you know sports broadcasting. And then the other one is the tribute that we did to Kobe Bryant a few episodes ago. And, you know, so I'm really trying to expand this podcast, adding some visuals to it. It's going to come out really nice, really clean. I'm really excited for what's in store for this podcast. Now, before we introduce this week's guest, did want to remind you guys that we are part of the Big Heads Podcast Network. And as part of the Big Heads Podcast Network, it's home to many great podcasts, including the Curious Kid Podcast. Here's a quick commercial describing a little bit more about their show. Hello, my name is Jacob. And I'm his co-host, five-year-old Olivia. Do you have kids? And are your kids curious? If you answered yes, you should check out Curious Kid Podcast, a weekly educational podcast for curious kids and grown-ups. Every week we learn about another topic. We've already learned about spiderwebs batteries for moon and so much more you can find us at curiouskidpodcast.buzzsprout.com or wherever you listen to podcasts boom noah alvarez here back in action for episode 95 and episode 95's guest the one and only krista marino krista with a k if you're not you know looking at your screen for the spelling Nonetheless, you can check out her music on SoundCloud, on Spotify, as well as Apple Music. And she has two new singles, too, that I really wanted to plug real quick. Uh, one is titled 83, and it's a love song. And the other is titled Bottled Up, that is featuring Rocky Angelini. And now Bottled Up has actually been, ooh, both those songs are I really enjoy, but Bottled Up has been on replay nonstop the past couple days for me since it's released. Um, she, We talk about those two new songs, 83 and Bottled Up. And we also talk about a lot about the Cool Lab Project. Uh, it's a Thursday night open mic in Santa Ana, downtown Santa Ana. That's actually where I first was uh, introduced to Krista Marina. 
and we also talk about her armenian background and a few other things too even though it's a shorter conversation as far as time goes this is a it's really we get a lot of conversation in in this short time so without further ado hope you guys enjoy the conversation between krista marina and myself first question i wanted to ask you you're armenian right yes you got to do volunteer work in armenia how did that come about yes i did <laughs> um so i um, am a part of this armenian Nonprofit. It's it's a lot of things. It's a nonprofit. It's a human rights org. We also have a pack linked to it. It's called the Armenian Charity Foundation or Armenian Culture Foundation. Um, been a part of it for years. And one of the opportunities that we provide is to go six weeks in Armenia, in the outskirts, in the villages, and volunteer. So you know, teaching kids English, hygiene, um, history, more about the diaspora, things like that. And so I've always been involved on like the other end of that. Mm-hmm. But I thought it's time that I go and experience it myself because I'd never been to Armenia it was okay, long overdue first time. yeah it was long overdue I had a void to see what it was like because mm-hmm. I do consider it like a home you mm-hmm. know and so I went there for six weeks and it was pure bliss was barely on my phone you know I went nice. there with yeah people I, some people I knew and some people I didn't know at all um, and made you know lifelong memories mm-hmm. yeah were your parents from there? Um, so my parents, I'm ethnically Armenian. My parents are ethnically Armenian, but my dad was born in Beirut, Lebanon, okay. and my mom was born in Jordan. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were from Armenia a few generations back, but because of the genocide, we were okay, pushed sense. out. That's yeah. what I wanted to ask too. There's a lot of historical sites in Armenia. Did you get a chance to kind of explore the whole country? I did. Yeah, I, I did. I, I definitely want to go back. You know, I definitely didn't feel like I was done exploring. Um, but seeing a lot of the landmarks for the first time that I'd heard about in my whole life was, like, unbelievable. What does your heritage and your culture mean to you, being from Armenian descent? I feel like I view my life through that filter in some ways, in some aspect. Like, um, you know, I went to Armenian school when I was younger and everything. So a lot of the things that I view through life, I view with my culture in mind. You know, whether it's, like, even with making music you know I grew up loving and also performing Armenian music Mm -hmm. and you know the whole like Middle Eastern realm has influenced how I make music now and even like vocals and stuff like there's soulfulness in Middle Eastern music that translates directly to like R&B the runs the Mm -hmm. similar like um, just soulfulness in general that I realized like a couple years ago I was like why do I love R&B so much maybe it's because I grew Mm, up with Middle Eastern music and there's a heart in both of those that's like you know undeniable who were some of your favorite artists growing up, whether they were Armenian or just artists in the U.S.? Yeah, um, so many. Um, I know that's like a cliche answer, <laughs> but there are so many. Um, Amy Winehouse, mm-hmm. Alicia Keys. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, artists that I'm obsessed with at the moment, like her. Mm-hmm. So good. Sabrina Claudio. Um, Hosier, Gary Clark Jr., Anything bluesy, anything with mm. soul behind it, you know. So do you catch yourself listening to like a lot of old soul or a lot of old blues, that kind of stuff, or do you find yourself listening more to modern music? Um, it's a blend. Um, I love Motown era stuff. Um, I listen to like Lauryn Hill, Erica Badu a lot, hey. of course. Okay. Of course. All right. Ada <laughs> uh, James. I mean, it's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Except I listen to pretty much everything except like pop country. Mm-hmm. I can do like country, like authentic country, like Chris Stapleton, you know, yeah. like more old school. But like newer Taylor Swift, you're not a fan? I respect it, mm-hmm. and I respect that a lot of people love it. I, it's just, I, 
it's just not for me. <laughs> not for you, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the beauty in it. Like, there's a lot of different lanes and music for everybody. So you don't have to love everything, you know? Right. Or a lot of other music for a lot of different people. Yeah. So what moment, or did, because you mentioned that you were singing to Armenian music when you were young. Did that kind of just happen at one moment? Or do you have an early inspiration that kind of inspired you to do that? I feel like I was always doing it. Um, my grandma used to sing in the Armenian church. So I don't know if that was some, like a factor that inspired me. Um, my parents aren't musicians. You know, no one in my like, direct family is like, you know, a full-on musician or artist. Um, but I just always felt like doing music, whether it was singing or playing or listening to it, made me feel understood. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like if I felt misunderstood in any other realm, I've always felt understood when I was doing something musically related. I don't know why. Is it because you can like open up and kind of be yourself, like your genuine self or? Yeah, yeah. And there's a sense of like empathy with music, right? Like if you're going to write about feelings and other people connect to it, it's like that shared empathy of like, we've been through this and we understand each other, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, but I mean, I've always been singing since I was little. And it's another cliche answer, but <laughs> there's like videos of me randomly like in the bathtub singing random words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the first song or do you remember your first song that you actually recorded into a microphone on a program? My first? Yes. So the first, I also remember the first song I wrote. I still know how to play. It was so bad. <laughs> it's called Open Door. Why was it um, bad? It was just the writing was just oh, terrible. Okay. Like the lyrics, so bad. I wrote it when I was like, I don't know, like nine or something. Oh, wow. Really young. Okay. Yeah. Um, but first song I recorded was I was in a band called Green Card with one of my best friends, Alik Churchian. And we recorded a song that we had written for um, two people in our community who had passed away in a car accident while volunteering in Armenia. Yeah. Okay. So we wrote a song about them. We recorded it um, and put it out. This was like 2011 or 2012, around mm-hmm. then. Yeah, so that was my first ever recording experience. Okay. Formally, and then after that, a few years later, I started, like, I had my own little setup and started doing my own thing. At what age, was it at that time, or at what age did it kind of click to you that you wanted to pursue it as, like, a career, and this is what your lane that you want to be in? Probably towards the end of my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I always knew it meant a lot to me, but there was, like, a tipping point, you know? Like, life just, things got put into perspective, and I just realized, like, how much it means to me mm-hmm. you know I read that you took a, a music production class in your senior year of high school how did that what what did you learn from that class and how did it translate to your music for sure it helped me overcome the fear or like the idea that I can't produce or that I can't be learn to be an engineer you know like I've growing up I've never seen a female producer around me mm-hmm. ever and that class like not only helped me realize that like I have a passion for it, but also that I can do it. You know, mm-hmm. even recently with like some new releases that I've started producing or co-producing, I feel like I've finally learned to accept and call myself a producer, mm-hmm. even though I've been involved production-wise in every release I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's been interesting. So what came first? The did you start songwriting for other people first, or was it more songwriting for your own self? It started with writing my own stuff when I put out my EP. Um, and then actually around the same time that I put out the EP. Bittersweet? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Throwback. Yeah. Uh, at the same time that I put that project out, I started getting, you know, questions about writing for other people. 
and I love doing that too. I love putting on a different cap, different headspace, mm-hmm. you know, different vibe, different genre to write. If I, I, I definitely want to do more of that. I feel like I haven't been doing enough of that. What's that process like? Because I have never met anyone who does songwriting for another person. So what kind of inspires you to work with a certain artist or, you know, kind of get a sound? Right. Um, usually it's if it's hearing, you know, their other stuff and clicking with it, mm-hmm. you know, and just vibing with it. Um, or if they reach out to me, you know, I'm, I'm super open-minded to write with anyone. Because mm-hmm. it's cool to kind of explore genres that you either have worked with or maybe aren't even as comfortable with yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I did a lot of EDM top-line writing or writing for other EDM artists. And that was interesting to explore at first. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> but then it became really, like, kind of easy and fun for me mm-hmm. to, you know, explore that world. So it's been interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going back to your EP, Bittersweet, what was kind of the response and the buildup of that project? So it was my first project ever putting anything out. And produced it, recorded it in a studio, produced it with Carson Lewis and Mike Wilson at MAP Studio in Orange County. Um, and it was kind of just like me putting out some of my experiences and things that I went through in a project. It was like therapy, honestly, for me. If I didn't record and put out that EP, like I would have a lot more bottled up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like my little therapy is also my debut project. And I just felt like a lot of my, all the friends that I grew up with just kind of celebrated the project. So it was more kind of just like for me and my friends. Mm-hmm. It has gotten a pretty good response, you know, um, online and stuff. And it was shortly after that that I put out Meant to Be, um, which had another tipping point, Mm -hmm. you know. So, I don't know. I I feel like it was a really good initial project. Like, it all... It was a good first one. Yeah, I think it will always have a special place in my heart. I've also thought about, like, re-recording some of the stuff now that, like, I know my sound more, Mm -hmm. you know. I also sound really young. <laughs> like, my voice sounds little. Yeah, I, sa- I, see, you know? I see what you're saying. Like, my voice has changed so much since then. It's been, what, five years? Yeah. Years. Well, so were you already going to school at UCLA at that time, or were you still in Orange County? I was right out of high school Okay. when I recorded that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, juggling now that I know you're in UCLA, you're still doing your music stuff, performing all the time. How do you juggle that school life, <laughs> but also the, you know, the career, the artist life, you know? Um... I don't sleep very much. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm. it's always busy. Like, I'll run from a class to a meeting to a session. You know, it's always back and forth. But I don't feel, like, burnt out because I'm fulfilled. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everything I'm doing is fulfilling a part of, like, myself that I feel like I need to fulfill. Even, like, my cl- like I love my classes, you know? Um, I'm minoring in the music business, so, like, I look forward oh, nice. to my classes in one way or another, you know? Mm. Um, so I don't know I think it's just staying motivated keeping your eye on the prize on what you want and enjoying the process you know mm-hmm. whether it's a class or a session like I love the process of both of those things mm-hmm. so I don't really feel like I'm ever like working that much mm-hmm. I mean sometimes I do of course but so what are your friend, friends and family typically response to you being such a busy person because I know I come from like a, <laughs> a family that either they work or they go to school but they don't do a lot of you know different things on the side so they kind of are surprised by when I'm, you know, how busy I am. Yeah. How does your family and friends kind of take that? I feel like we're in an era of side hustles. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like everyone has a side hustle in some way, shape, or form, which wasn't a thing before. Um, 
My family friends definitely understand it, especially now that they know I'm taking music s- more seriously. Mm-hmm. Before, it was kind of like, you know, hard for everyone to grasp it. Um, but now I think, <laughs> now that I feel like it's just kind of a joke. They're like, oh, she has to rush out. Oh, she's yeah. like rushing. Oh, she's on the phone. You know, like, it's kind of, we, we like make fun of it now too. Mm-hmm. Even I do, because, you know, you have to laugh at yourself. Of course, yeah. And the biggest thing is like, you have to love what you do too. What really inspires you to just kind of keep motiv- motivating yourself to continue to push forward, even though there may be some, let's say, um, obstacles that come your way? For sure. I think it is those obstacles that kind of give me like a chip on the shoulder type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, if this was easy, it wouldn't mean as much. Mm-hmm. Like anything, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you have to work for it, if there's a sense of having to earn it, mm-hmm. it means that much more because it's not easy to, to have. And I think that's kind of the mentality. I've even used it to write songs. Like some songs are about how hard this industry can be, you know. Mm. And so I I try to use it as fuel and not let it overwhelm me. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your work ethic from? Because I know there's a lot of people pursuing either podcasting like this or yeah. musician. How do you get your work ethic or where did you get your work ethic from? Probably my parents. Uh, they're super hardworking people, um, like utterly hardworking. Like it's, it's amazing. And I, you know growing up seeing them work so hard and be so passionate about what they're doing I think was very easy for me to want to find something that I was that passionate about and just put in all the work that I that I can put in yeah sometimes to a fault (laughs) (laughs) so pretty recently you dropped your newest single 83 what was the inspiration behind writing those lyrics falling in love for the first time and thinking about the idea of like you know it's easy to when you're in that space you think about like that person for like long term right and so I was kind of playing on the idea of not only that but also the idea that like you can fall in love at any age and you can fall out of love at any age too Mm -hmm. you know that's something that I feel like we don't talk about as much that like yeah you can fall in love at any age but you can also lose it you know later on um which is scary but I was kind of just toying with the idea of like because the chorus lyric is Will you still love me? Will you still think of me as your lovely when we're 83? Like, when will mm-hmm. you fall out of love? Right. And just toying with that idea of, like, that's a possibility. And if that doesn't happen, that's, like, amazing. And mm-hmm. that's special, you know? Um, it's kind of ironic that it's the first love song I've written, but it's also, like, kind of cynical, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, I'm excited for people to hear it. It's the first song that I've ever produced myself. Oh, nice. Fully okay. that, I, that I put out. I had... Uh, Atreyu played bass on it, Kira played guitar, mm-hmm. and Chris Trimmer added some stuff on guitar as well. <laughs> um, but it means a lot for me, a lot to me for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you as an artist find it hard to maintain or just be in relationships? Honestly, that's usually not my focus, mm-hmm. um, just because I'm preoccupied with you know school and other stuff. Right. But my mentality is kind of that, you know, it's gonna happen like or it will happen naturally and that's so I don't really think too much into it you know that's good yeah because I think I just mentioned earlier that I work with the kids and like sometimes there's there's a lot of people out there whether it's due to different you know social reasons mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are so sick, set on I need a girlfriend I need a boyfriend <laughs> at any age too because I work yeah. with middle schoolers and it's kind of like <laughs> it breaks my heart sometimes how like sad they get over a boy or a girl and I'm Aww. just like yo like you're like, you have no idea. This yeah. is just the beginning. Exactly. Listen to 83, you'll understand. Yeah, exactly, you know? But 
did you always have that mindset just to kind of not not worry about that life the romantic life or was you just all about yourself yeah because i think it's you know it's important for those things to happen organically and i think if they're meant to happen they will you know i just feel like it's it's simple mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not and it shouldn't be complicated because if it is it's like right why? you know what i mean um also to wait on that to be happy is a is a thing that's not good that a lot of people do mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know you have to f- have that full fulfillment and contentment on your own before you can find it and share it with someone else mm-hmm. you know i feel like that's so important that's yeah. something personally i had to kind of go through because when i was 18 19 probably even until i was 21 i felt like i needed to attach myself like to the hip with someone yeah and then just slowly but surely i, I learned you got to love yourself before you can love anyone else 100 percent. you know and that's like a huge part of like the human process and growing up and some people find it young like you which is dope other people find it like much later and it, it can kind of be a roller coaster you know yeah yeah i feel that <laughs> yeah so I actually saw you perform the first time. For the first time I, I saw you perform was at the Cool Air Project. Mm. Shout out to them. Yes. What's the difference between when you go to record a song at a studio versus performing a song live in front of an audience, whether it's open mic or the many different uh, venues you've been at? Yeah, um, totally different. Especially now, um, I instead of going to a studio, I just work in my own space, mm. which is cool because I can do work on my own pace, you know, do my own thing. Um, but very different when I'm performing live you know just similar to how like when you're recording a podcast mm-hmm. you you have to be present and it's kind of easy to be present because you're into it right like, yeah you know you're like engaged but when you're recording you don't necessarily have to be as like emotionally present as you are like mentally you know what I mean mm-hmm. um it's less I guess you could say it's less thought more feel it's less head more heart mm-hmm. when I'm performing live versus recording um, which is why they're so different, and I love doing both for different reasons, mm-hmm. you know? Did you ever get nervous before your first couple of performances? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'm great at that. I'm great at getting <laughs> nervous. Um, I have overcome that significantly since, like, I first started performing, mm-hmm. um, and that's been a cool feeling because, you know, certain sets I can go into just feeling comfortable and excited and not, you know, worried about anything. But of course, I do get nervous sometimes, like when we're playing a new song live for the first time or, mm-hmm. you know, if there's someone in the audience that I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, that hasn't seen me live that I want, you know, I want them to love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely have gotten over it, like not as much as before, which is nice. What is, yeah. Do you have any, like, traditions or things that you do before going on stage? I do. Um, a few things. Lots of tea. Even if I don't have a sore throat, I just like, okay. chug tea. Like, it's going to save my life. I yeah. don't know. Um, I, lots of cough drops. Even if I don't have a cough, I'm just, okay. I don't know. It's like back to back. And then if my heart is racing for some reason, because you know how when you get really nervous yeah. like, you, and you can't control butterfly. your heart rate. Yeah. Yeah. And when you sing, like sometimes you can tell when, if someone's heart's racing while they're singing. Yeah. You know? So to control that, I do this like deep breathing thing. Where I take three deep breaths, mm-hmm. I breathe in as slow as I can, I hold the breath for as long as I can, okay. and then I exhale as slow as possible. Nice. I do that three times, and that slows my heart rate. And I do that, like, in any s- nervous situation, mm-hmm. and it helps. Nice. Yeah. Do you meditate, or where did you learn that strategy from? I do not meditate. I do not have the patience to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. Um, I mean, I guess that's kind of a form of... Yeah, Mini, guess, yeah. Right? Even if it's as short as it is, it doesn't have to be like a long thought out like meditation. Long, yeah, process. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know where I learned that, honestly. I don't know if it was online or if I, it was just kind of instinctual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm thankful I discovered that because if I didn't have like a little remedy, I don't know what I would do, mm-hmm. you know? So what's the biggest difference between performing at an open mic in front of a dozen, a few dozen people mm-hmm. versus performing on a stage in front of a few hundred type of people? Um, I guess the intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, with an open mic also, like people aren't coming necessarily to come see you. So That's there's true. a sense of, yeah, there's a sense of like um, novelty mm-hmm. in that way. Like the, the likelihood that the people there are hearing you for the first time, which is exciting in its own way, mm-hmm. you know. Also, at an open mic, there's more of a community environment. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of Cool Lab. Like, yeah, exactly. Cool Lab is a special <laughs> thing. Like right. not, all, not all open mics are like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's different. But it's... I. I also like it. They're both valuable in their own ways, you know. With an open mic, it's an opportunity to see new people and see other people, you know, do what they're passionate about. Um, and you know, with a live show, of course, there's. It's also super special to play your stuff for people that came to hear you, you know, mm-hmm. and then that support you already, you know. Mm-hmm. So special in different ways. So I know you have a song coming up with Rocky. Yes. Talk about a little bit about that song and just kind of what the the, me- the meaning behind it is going to be. For sure. So um, I'm very good at bottling up my feelings um, until the until the cork like pops off because yeah. the bottle is like full to the brink. Um, and then usually at that point, I'll write because that's like my outlet, right? Like songwriting or writing like lyrics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and this song is about that feeling, but when it's on steroids. Like when you're so bottled up that when someone asks how you are, you're like, I'm not even going to open that door right now because right. I don't want to like burden you. I, I don't want to take you know your time. Um, so it's just about that that moment. And um, it's funny because I found Coolab, or I came, I you know went to Coolab for the first time at an interesting time in my life. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a full circle that. I was there at Coolab and met Rocky at a time in my life where I was very bottled up, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's kind of full circle in that way. But I wrote the hook um, last year, maybe even longer, oh, okay. like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I wrote the chords in the hook and I just had it sitting there. And I couldn't come up with the verses. And so I thought maybe the verses should be rap, okay. you know. Like maybe that's why it's, I don't want to like force a verse onto the, onto the song. Um, and then reached out to Rock about... I don't know, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, like, because we, we chatted about working on something, you know, here and there. But I was like, hey, I have this idea and, I, you know, I want to hear how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of dove in and he produced it. And um, it's weird to, you know, see it as a full finished product yeah. now. But I'm, I'm so obsessed with how it came out. Um, and I'm excited for people to hear it. Hopefully they resonate. It resonates with them. Um, and then the, the post chorus is the idea of like, bottled up emotionally but then it's like bottled up yeah okay using a, the bottle as an escape right which yeah. is i'm not saying i do that it's just like more of a metaphor right no i feel that yeah <laughs> but you know it's, it's a very thing. common it in is our society. it is for sure uh, but yeah I'm, I'm excited for people to hear it hopefully mm-hmm. hopefully you know I'm sure they've been there, or maybe, hopefully they haven't, but, you know, if they have, hopefully, it, you know, the It relates song, to them more, yeah, for Yeah, sure. and hopefully it makes them feel understood the same way other songs have for me, you know? Mm-hmm. If you don't mind sharing, you mentioned that you were pretty bottled up, bottled up when you first experienced and met Cool Lab, yeah. or went to the Cool Lab. <laughs> what were some of the things that were stressing you out, or some of those obstacles that you were facing at that time, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, I mean, 
just a lot of life stuff, you know. But interestingly, like there were a few times where I went to the Kulab with Kira, because Kira and Trey are the ones who were like, you have to come to Kulab, you have to yeah. check it out. Um, I went with them, and the first few times I went, I got emotional. Oh, <laughs> like really? Like just watching performances. Yeah, because yeah. I was just like, it was like triggering that vulnerable state, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm thankful to have Kulab, to have that, you know, because I feel like one of the reasons live music is so important is because it forces you to be present mm -hmm. with your emotions too. And I, I felt like going there in a weird way forced me to confront my emotions. Um, and so it was just a lot of like life things that I had to sort through that I did, you know. Um, but going there and like writing, songwriting throughout that time mm -hmm. like helped in a huge way, you know. You mentioned Kira and Trey. How did you yeah. come to meet them? So I was on a music program in high school called MMET, Music Media and Entertainment Technology. Basically like School of Rock in real life. Okay, um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, but more pop-oriented instead of rock. Yeah. Um, and like more vocational. Um, and so I joined that program my junior year of high school. I auditioned. I didn't even know it existed when I first started high school. This is at Huntington Beach, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and that's where I met um, Trey and Kira um, through that program. And then after high school, I just kept playing with Kira. We just kept jamming, and then it just kind of felt really organic, and it just fit really nicely. Um, and then after Trey graduated, he, he jammed with us too. And, nice. Yeah, and so they started going to Kulab, and for a while they were like, dude, you have to come through, you have to come. And I was just trying to find the time, and I'm so glad I did because mm -hmm. I didn't know that I needed it so much. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for a long time, too, I had a different friends telling me about the Cool Lab, and they're like, you got to come, you got to come, especially the ones that I had on the podcast. They're like, so many dope artists here that you can yeah. meet and that kind of stuff. And like you said, just trying to make the time. But once I did, I've only been like four or five times, but I love it every time I can make it to go. I just, I need to like get ahead so I have my Thursdays free, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a very like, it feels like a very authentic experience. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. in a world where so much feels fake mm -hmm. and just like routine, it's 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 very refreshing. It's very like humanizing. It's nice too because I'm not a big fan of like just going out to the bars just to like drink and like socialize. That's not kind of the person I am. Mm -hmm. But it's cool when you get to see a live performance, and it's cool you don't get to see that like especially around Orange County. There's not a whole the lot music of that. Scene, yeah, yeah not, exactly. Not mm -hmm. They just don't promote their artists because there is a lot of artists that I've met in the Orange County area. They're just there's not a lot of bars or outlets or coffee shops that are promoted yeah. like the LA's the N, the NYC's the Chicago's that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? How long ago did you go for the first time? Last summer was my first time going. So okay, around cool. late August, maybe early September. I okay. Say. Cool. Mm -hmm. So I've been four to five different times. I want to say the second time is when I saw you perform. Okay. Cool. Towards October. Cool. Yeah. Which what song did I play that was it the Armenian? I'm not okay. sure, to be honest. It was a long time okay, ago. Okay, no worries, no worries. <laughs> Just curious. Yeah, you played, I want to say you played two or three, maybe that time. Oh. You played multiple. Okay, it's yeah. a blur. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's all a blur. But it's a lot of fun. I mean, definitely trying to, like, make my way back there. And it's cool, like I said, just meeting, like, and branching out to meet different people, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, 2020, it's already started. What are some other plans besides 83 and Bottled Up that you have released for this year? So many plans. Uh, <laughs> I have... A folder of songs just sitting there that I love that I haven't, have not been released. So planning to swift, sift, swift through those. Swifty. English was not my first language. <laughs> sift through those yeah. and um, pick, you know, the ones that I love most or click with most at the time mm -hmm. and hopefully put out an EP 
the top of fall mm-hmm. is the goal. Um, yeah, I'm just sitting on so much music that I have. And I also have a bunch of songs that I haven't recorded yet that okay. I love. It's just a matter of like making the time and getting it done. Um, I also like part of me wants to just put out albums because I have enough music for like two, three albums. Really? Okay. And there's this whole like single culture. Yeah. Like, putting out singles and stuff. So we'll see. We'll see what I decide. But especially when you're coming up, right? Like exactly. That's what they tell a lot of people, and I've heard from a lot of people in the industry. You gotta. No one's gonna want to listen to a whole long album if you're not right. really that big, you know. Right, and you don't want the album to like not. Across exactly. many years, you know? Yeah, if it doesn't get appreciated the way you think it is, it's it's disappointing, you know? It's like yeah. you're putting yourself out there and they're just looking for the most popular track. Yeah, yeah. or the title track or the first exactly. track or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, it's a, it's a game of timing, but definitely going to be putting out an EP at some point this year. Nice. For sure, which I'm excited about because it's, it's, it's been overdue. Do you have a name for it? No. Okay. Yeah, I have a couple ideas, but... okay. We'll keep it. All right. Keep on the deal. <laughs> yeah. Be on the lookout for that. Yeah. So before we end this show, I do want to ask, I do like to ask the guests certain fun questions just to kind of get the audience to know you a little bit more. Cool. If you could have any topping on a pizza or toppings, what would they be? Ooh. Mm. Honestly, cheese and pepperoni goes a long way. Okay. You know? Classic. Less is more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, what are some of your favorite things to eat? Um, Armenian food. Specifically, sarma, um, Chinese food, specifically chow mein, mm-hmm. and ramen of any kind. Yeah. <laughs> if you could go to any era in history, where would you want to go? Ooh. Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> can it be in the future? It can be in the future, yeah, actually, that'd be really cool. No one's ever answered that. Okay, yeah, I would like to go in the future mm-hmm. um, because AI is really cool. And the thought of me not being able to see where AI leads us is mm. frustrating to me because yeah. I want to see what the world's going to look like in a hundred years, yeah. and I won't be here to do that, and that's a little frustrating. Do you watch movies like Wally and stuff like that? Do you think it'll be more like those or something in between? I'm caught between like dystopia or utopia mm-hmm. vibes. I think it'll be good and bad for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, more good than bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that is until like the robots gain consciousness and then yeah. take over. Yeah. But until then, <laughs> until it'll, be, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. If you could talk to any person in time or history, dead or alive, who would you want to chat with? And it could be multiple people, too, if you have difficulty just choosing one. Okay, these are good questions. Um, <laughs> I would love to not only chat, but also sing with Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? My grandparents. Okay. We'd love to mm-hmm. chat with them or maybe like see them when they were younger yeah you know okay grandparents great grandparents honestly like my whole you know generation ancestors my ancestors basically mm-hmm. um I don't, that's it no okay that's good <laughs> yeah i feel like i should give a more like <laughs> no well-known answer but. Yeah. if you were trapped on a deserted island what are some what are five things that you wouldn't have to bring on an island is this like to survive or like for my enjoyment before i die um no, for your enjoyment before you die. Okay. Let's say that. <laughs> First one to ask that too. That's tricky. I didn't okay. know how to answer that. <laughs> I'm taking these very seriously. Yeah. Uh, five things I would have with me: a guitar, mm. a piano, chumming. <laughs> hey, okay. <laughs> a means of recording uh-huh. some stuff before I yeah knock out, and last one, coffee. Mm-hmm. Lots nice. of coffee. But this is like besides like the friends and people yeah. that I would like to spend my final okay. time with. 
Yeah. Nice. <laughs> if you could have any kind of exotic pet, what would you want to have? Oh. It would be pretty badass to have like a tiger oh, as nice. a pet. Especially because I'm small. Mm-hmm. Like if anything happens, I'd be like... I got a tiger? Like, yeah. listen, you don't want to mess with What's the tiger's name in Aladdin? Jasmine's tiger? Oh. Um, I can't think of it right now. This is going to bother me. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah, my phone's over there. I can't look it up. Or I else got I you. Would. Hold on. Yeah. But like that, essentially. Kind of just yes. to back you up. Yeah. For intruders, bad guys, anything, you know? Raha? Raja? Raja. Yeah, Raja. I said it with an okay. accent. That's Very good. <laughs> Well, really appreciate you for taking some time out of the day to record with me. Um, just, you know, let the people know where you can find your music. Cool. Uh, you can find my music anywhere under Krista Marina, Krista with a K. Anywhere you listen to music, you'll find my stuff. Um, I also have a show coming up March 6th, also a couple gigs on March 7th. And I'll have some shows coming up next month, too. So keep an eye out. And thank you for taking the time to, mm-hmm. you know, come and ask me questions. This is awesome. Of course. Thank you very much. Yeah. Noah Alvarez here back at the end of the show for episode 95 just to wrap things up guys reminder we are available on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud tune in stitcher and google play and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating and review if you're listening on soundcloud be sure to hit that like button maybe leave a comment or two during the conversation but greatly appreciate any support for the podcast now i also want you guys to go follow the my mike and i instagram page if you're on that platform at my period mike and period i also follow me on twitter at underscore noah alvarez it's a good way to chat with me about the show whether you want to give feedback or you maybe hated something nonetheless just feel free to reach out to me on those two platforms also if you're listening to this and you're an artist and you're from orange county or doesn't have to be from orange county you can be from anywhere in southern california actually but if you're somewhere local to where i am you want to be a part of the show you have an inspiring story you're a musician you created a business or you know something that's really dope just let me know hit me up on those two social uh those platforms i'd greatly appreciate any support i could get as far as finding new guests for the show i'm glad that i have a lot of old guests that help me get new guests for the show and that's something that i constantly want to continue to build build my network for this podcast not only just for you know to interview them and have them on the show but just also to maybe collaborate 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 (laughs) collaborate you know what i mean to collaborate wow i said it again collaborate with them in the future (laughs) as we uh, wrap things up on this week's show so really want to thank you guys for listening to episode 95 of the my mike and i podcast i'm noah alvarez signing off till next time